Hello and welcome back to the Google Workspace Update podcast from Strawberry 7. My name is Adam. And my name is Adam. We're here every week to bring you the latest updates around everything that's happening in the world of Google Workspace. This podcast is available in audio format from your regular podcast provider and also in video format from our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash strawberry7. Coming up on the show today, we have five updates for you today. We've got updates to Gmail, Chat, Meet, another one for Meet, and Admin. So let's get to it. On with the show. Right, so first up, we have a, a little update let's, for everybody today to do with Gmail. So there's now uh, additional details for the updated Gmail experience on Android foldable devices and tablets. So last month, Google announced an improved chat, meet, and Gmail experience on Android foldable devices and tablets. To provide additional details on functionality, Gmail now supports a two-pane view in landscape orientation, and this is available right now. Oh, fantastic. So yeah, very brief little um, little update there. Um, yeah, for anybody wondering, we did talk about this on our previous podcast where this was mentioned by Google on these um, sort of foldable devices that have a bit more screen real estate. And I think we said at the time, didn't we, Adam, that we were expecting that to go to Gmail. So that's good to hear that that's come out now as well. Yes, absolutely. And um, with this update, everyone will just be able to see um, a, a bit more of their Gmail on their phone. So instead of just having it split onto to one half of a screen, it can now take up both. So I think that would just be great for everyone that has a foldable device. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Thank you very much, Adam. What have we got next? Right. Next up, uh, we have a, a Google Chat update. So introducing new space manager capabilities in Google Chat. So last year, Google announced several improvements to spaces in Google Chat to help you better organize people, topics and projects, which included introducing the space manager role, which we've uh, mentioned a few times. So currently, managers can remove and add participants, assign or remove the space manager, delete a space, delete messages, edit the space description, and also update space access from restricted to discoverable or vice versa. Starting now, space managers will have uh, additional capabilities to ensure effective conversations take place in spaces, such as there's the, the space configuration, which will enable space man managers to choose if members can change space details, such as the name or the icon, description and guidelines, or even to turn the chat history on or off for that space. There's also going to be the member management, which as it sounds, it will allow a space manager to decide if members can add or remove uh, members or groups to a space. And finally, there's going to be the conversation moderation, which uh, authorizes a space manager to determine whether or not members can use the at all uh, function uh, in, in a space. Brilliant. Yeah, that's really, really good. So for anybody listening who's kind of thinking WhatsApp is sort of a good enough business tool to use for communication within your organisation, it's certainly convenient and it's certainly there for, for everybody and it's free and, and all the rest of it. Um, although, of course, chat is part of your Google Workspace subscription if you've got it. But hopefully this update really shows and if you are an admin listening, really lends weight to helping you persuade some of the people at the decision-making um, process of the tree. You can tell I'm being very diplomatic here um, to, to see how 
these tools such as Google Chat are a lot more attuned to a business environment. Being able to do things like have this control as a space manager, and just as a little aside, space manager sounds like a very cool role. I definitely <laughs> want to be in charge of like a starship with the title space manager. Um, but it really gives you a good idea of how you can use something like Google Chat in much more of a business setting and have a lot more control over that. WhatsApp groups are great, but you can't do these type of things in WhatsApp groups. You can't set control to this level of what we're seeing here with these space managers and what we're seeing in Google Chat. And it really does give you that sort of more directed control in terms of business environment. I, I think you'd probably feel the same way, Adam. Yes, absolutely. I think my favourite one out of these, uh, the first couple that we mentioned where you can control who cannot um, uh, edit or configure the space uh, itself or to restrict who can or cannot add members. But the, the third one that I mentioned where um, you can determine which members can use the at all within a space, I think that one is probably my favourite. That is going to be so helpful, um, particularly for if it's quite a large space where maybe there's a, a a, a, a fair amount of chit chat that kind of goes on within the space and not everybody is paying full attention to everything or, or they're not controlling the, the space in such a professional way all the time or maybe people that only really pay they only pay attention to when somebody does use an at all because they just let everyone else chat away in the background so being able to restrict that functionality I think that's probably my favourite one and particularly uh, very helpful yeah absolutely yeah it, ju it just puts a bit more control in that quite powerful tool of adding everybody like you say in a large group if you've got like, I don't know, 80 people in there, 100 people or whatever, it's going to ping a notification through to all of those people. And sometimes people don't always understand the impact of using a tag like that. They don't actually understand that that's maybe going to ping through. So um, sometimes there's just a lack of understanding about how that works. And I, I agree with you. I think being able to restrict that down is very, very useful. Yes, absolutely. And on the other side of this, I'm pretty sure you should be able to control your, your notifications. So you could have it set that you only see notifications for at all, or if somebody directly at you. So maybe you are missing lots of stuff, but then if you restrict it, so then only uh, managers or people at the top of your team can use the at all function, then those are the messages that you'll get notified about. And all the other chit chat or everything, anything else that gets said in between, uh, you, you'll miss, but it's okay to miss. Yeah, absolutely. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd hope. Um, great. Um, how do people get started with this, Adam? Okay, so for the admins, uh, there's no admin control for this feature, but for their end users, you can go to the space menu, sounds cool, uh, select mm -hmm. space settings and then configure space settings and modify permissions as needed. Great, that's pretty straightforward then. And when can we um, expect to sort of see this rolling out and who's this... I think not going to be available for is probably a shorter list, isn't it? So a rapid release for this started on March the 13th and scheduled release is starting on March the 27th. Uh, this is also not going to be available to users with a personal Google account, but it will be available to everybody else. Great, that's pretty straightforward. Lovely, thank you, Adam. What have we uh, got next, please? Uh, next up, we have our first Google Meets um, of this week, which is, so uh, you can now uh, provide custom Google Meets background images for your users. Google has heard from users that having backgrounds that match your brand guidelines are important for visual polish during critical meetings. Now, admins can provide a set of images for the background replace feature in Google Meet. This will enable users to easily select an image that properly represents their company's specific brand and style. I think this is going to be uh, 
this is great. Uh, I really like this update. Yeah, I agree. And um, there's, as we said in our last update, but for anybody who um, who didn't listen to our uh, last podcast or might have missed it, um, Adam always provides very handily a little document with all of these updates on, which we always link in the description of the podcast and the video. And Adam started including these really nice videos um, in the document which show this feature and show how it's used. And there's, again, a really, really good one here showing exactly how this feature works. But I agree with Adam. It just allows you to have a custom background that's relevant to your company if you want to do that, if you're of that sort of scale that you might want to do that. And the example that they've given here is actually showing a background in, I think, Google's offices somewhere. Now, I think I'm right in saying that there's no... Google explanation as to how to do this, but you looked into this for our listeners so that they could actually know how to do this, didn't you? Yes, that's right. So um, so this can all be controlled via the Google Admin Console. And so there's a, f- a few options within there, such as enabling users to replace their background w- with uh, stock seasonal images, which are just the default images that you see. But, then, but if you're having a, a very busy, important business meeting, then maybe you don't want people to be able to select their background as being at the beach or somewhere I don't know, a bowling alley or whatever the default images are. Maybe you want something that's a little bit more on brand with your own business, your own style. And so if you would like to do that, you'd need to go to the Google Admin Console. You can go to Apps, Google Workspace, Settings for Google Meet, then Meet Video Settings. And then towards the bottom, there is the option. There's a tick box that you can say, Users can replace their background with a custom image provided by you. And then there should be the option to add images. Now, one thing for this, which is potentially a bit of a caveat, you need to have a shared drive set up in order to use this feature, because I believe the images that you're going to be using need to be stored within a shared drive. And then from there, you can uh, determine, you can make make a folder, call them... um, background images or anything suitable that you like. And those are the images that your staff will be able to use. So within the admin console, you could only have that option selected so they could only use the images that you have de- uh, determined are acceptable. Or you could add them on. You could also allow them to use the stock images that Google supply as default as well. Great. Okay, that's really good. Thank you, Adam, for that explanation as to how people can uh, get started with that. That's great to hear. And when can we expect to see this and who's this going to be available for? Okay, so a rapid release and scheduled release started on March the 14th, so that's right now, uh, and this is going to be available to all Google Workspace customers as well as legacy G Suite, basic and business customers, so right across the board, available to everybody. But then obviously, if you're wanting to be able to restrict this feature um, or restrict the backgrounds that your users are using, you you will need to have access to the, to the Google Admin Console and have a shared drive set up in order to use this uh, effectively. Mm. Yeah, that was what I was finding quite interesting there, that it was available to everybody, but you were talking about that shared drive sort of requirement, um, which isn't available to everybody. That's on sort of Google Business Standard and up. That's quite interesting, but it's very good that you put that in there, Adam. I'm quite surprised that Google didn't put that in the update notes, actually, because that does seem like quite a critical piece of information. Um, But thank you for looking into that, Adam, and letting our listeners know about that. Lovely. Thank you, Adam. I think we've got another Google Meet update next, haven't we? So, external label for Google Meet participants. External labels will be available in Google Meet. 
Users will see a label at the top left corner of their meeting screen indicating that participants who are external to the meeting's host domain have joined the meeting. In the people panel, external participants will be denoted with the same icon. Okay, so yeah, this is this is pretty handy to just see at a glance who's kind of external to your organisation and who's internal when you're on a meeting. Um, and I take it the external members of the meeting will be able to see the same label as well, I'm guessing? Um, maybe they won't, I'm not too sure about that. But um, the it, it would be useful because then everybody could see who's sort of external and who's internal. But you can, for anybody listening who wants to see this in more action, it is on the description document. There's a nice picture here of what it looks like. But to let you know, the icon that Google have gone with is the universal sort of external icon that Google have across Google Workspace, which is sort of that orange box with a picture of what looks like a build two buildings with like a line between them um, I've seen that pop up all over the place when Google are referring to something being external it's the same icon that you get on Gmail for example when you go to email somebody externally you get this kind of little external icon pop up I, I personally I really like this update so for, for us, we're fairly small. We're very familiar with with all of our colleagues that we have on the team. So if we have everybody within one meeting, it's not a problem. We're well aware who is or is not um, one of our colleagues. But especially if you are working for quite a large organisation, maybe you don't um, often uh, work with other departments and you're having one really big meeting and maybe you're collaborating um, uh, across departments, but there's also going to be some external people joining one big meeting as well. So then it will just really clearly define who are your colleagues and who is external. So I, I really like this update. I think it's going to be um, really nice just to keep it really clear who is or is not one of your colleagues basically or within the same organization as you are yeah absolutely i completely agree with you there adam um how do people get started with uh, with this okay so for the admins external labels will be on by default and can be configured in the admin console uh, by going to apps google workspace google meet then google meet safety settings for the end users, uh, there's no end user action required, but uh, you will see a warning label for external participants when configured by your domain. So when we say warning label, I'm pretty sure we just mean this uh, this icon to, to indicate that somebody that is external to your organisation is within the meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, it, it's good to know that this is on by default. So any, any admins listening... Uh, as Adam says there, it will be on by default, so you can go into that setting and turn it off if you don't want this on in your organisation for some particular reason. Uh, what's the rollout phase there, Adam? And who, I think there's probably, again, it's, it's who it's not available for. It's probably the shorter list, isn't it? Yes. So uh, the admin setting rapid release for this uh, started on March the 14th, with scheduled release starting on March the 23rd. And so once again, so this is not available to users with a personal Google account, but it is available to everybody else. Great. So that's, again, quite universally available there and makes sense that it's not available for uh, personal accounts there. Uh, fantastic. Um, now, we've got um, one more update to give everybody, but um, we just wanted to let you know, or rather Adam wanted to um, let everybody know, that this update is pretty straightforward it's um it, in the first few sentences it will explain what the update is but there's quite a lot of more detailed information about this and you'll kind of see as we start to get into this update why that is so um adam's going to take us through this update okay so this is an admin 
update. Improving your security with shorter session length defaults. To further improve security for customers, Google is changing the default session length to 16 hours for existing Google Cloud customers. Note that this update refers to managing user connections to Google Cloud services, such as uh, the Google Cloud Console, not connections to Google services, such as Gmail on the web. So they sound very similar, Google Cloud services or Google services. So this is only to the Google Cloud services. For existing customers who have session length configured to never expire, Google is updating the session length to 16 hours. Many apps and services can access sensitive data or perform sensitive actions. Because of this, managing session length is foundational to cloud security and compliance. It ensures that access to the Google Cloud platform is finite after, after a successful authentication, which helps deter bad actors should they gain access to credentials or devices. For existing customers who have session length configured to never expire, Google is updating the session length to 16 hours, as I've said. This ensures customers do not mistakenly grant infinite session length to users or apps with open authorization user scopes. After the session expires, users will need to re-enter their login credentials to continue their access. This impacts uh, Google Cloud Console, G Cloud Command Line Tool, and any other apps that require Google Cloud scopes. Settings can be customized for specific organizations and will impact all users within that organization. This is a timed session length that expires the session regardless of the user's activity. When cho choosing a session length, admins have the option to choose from a range of predefined session lengths or set a custom session length between 1 and 24 hours. They can also configure whether users uh, just need a password or also requires, uh, require them to use a security key to re-authenticate. If your organization uses a third-party SAML-based identity provider, the cloud sessions will expire, but the users may be transparently re-authenticated, such as without actually being asked to present their credentials, if the session with the identity provider is valid at the time. This is working as intended, as Google will redirect the user to the identity provider and accept a valid assertion from the identity provider to ensure that users are required to re-authenticate to the correct frequency, evaluate the configuration options on your identity provider, and review the Help Center article to set up the single sign-on via a third-party identity provider. Some apps are not designed to gracefully handle the re authentication scenario, which can cause confusing app behavior. Other apps are deployed for server-to-server -server purposes via user credentials. Because they don't require service accounts credentials, they are not prompted to periodically re-authenticate. If you have specific apps like that, and you do not want them to be impacted by the session length re-authentication, the organization admin can add these apps to the trusted list for your organization. This will exempt the, the app from session length constraints while implementing session controls for the rest of the apps and users within the organization. Great. Thank you for all that information, Adam. So um, as you can all, uh, as our listeners can hear, you know, like I said, there's a lot of sort of explanation around this. And 
this is in the uh, description document if you want to go and check this out because there's some other links here to some of the help articles Adam was talking about there. Now, I think the key takeaway from here is that it's a very straightforward update, as we said at the start. You know, they're just changing the timeout of the session lengths from effectively infinite to 16 hours. So I think the first thing to take away is if you're an admin and you know that you're using these session control lengths and you know that you've got them to never expire, it's to just bear in mind that they will be updated to 16 hours, as Adam said there. The next thing to take away is that you have the option of being able to change that to longer session hours, so you've got the option of 1 to 24 hours there. The next piece of information that I think is important there is the fact that the there is going to be a degree of transparent reauthentication on those supported identity providers, as Adam said, that's specifically third-party SAML um, providers. And if you don't have that, then you are able to add them to a trusted list. So I think those are some of the key takeaways there in that in, in what Adam's read out there, just as a bit of a summary, um, because it's quite heavy from Google with all of those sorts of details in and things like that. Just to let you know as well, there is a link in the description document about how to add the apps to the trusted list for your organisation as well. That takes you through to another article. So thank you for getting through all of that, Adam. It's quite a lot of information in there. Um, how do people get started with this? Okay, so for the admins, for customers who have their session length set to never expire, your session length will reset to 16 hours, as we've mentioned, but that can be turned off or modified at the organization uh, unit level. For the end users, if a session ends, users will simply need to log in with their account again using the familiar login flow. Right. Okay. So that's pretty straightforward. Even if um, it, this does affect your users, they'll just need to reauthenticate, basically. Okay. That's um, that's good to know. Thank you, Adam. And what's the rollout phase on this? And who is this going to be available for? Okay, so rapid release and scheduled release started on March the 15th, um, and this is going to be available to all Google Workspace and cloud identity customers, as well as legacy G Suite basic and business customers. That's great. That's wonderful. So um, pretty much across the board there. But um, yeah, that's good to uh, that's good to know. Um, thank you very much, Adam. That's um, that's wonderful. Thank you for all of those updates. Well. That's it, everybody. That's everything that you need to know around everything that's happening in the latest updates of Google Workspace. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners. Please do subscribe. Please give us some comments, some feedback, some reviews. You can always drop us an email as well. We always like hearing from our listeners. Remember that there is an audio version of this podcast available from your regular podcast provider. There is also a video version of this podcast available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash strawberry seven thank you so much for joining us this week we'll be back again next week with more updates goodbye bye